following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. So I think we were, as it was actually much more challenging in the beginning because, um, you know, we did have different perspectives and we, you know, argued a lot, but that was yeah. pretty early on. And, and uh, you know, for the first few years, there was nobody but us. So it wasn't really, you know, that much of a problem. And then as we started hiring employees, it's a bit hard to, uh, you know, to lead if, if we're not clear. And so for us, we realized that it's better to be certain and to be, um, clear about where we're going rather than necessarily always having the right answer right away. Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. And taking a moment to thank our sponsors, Veridesk, Rocket Mortgage, and ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash Forbes. You'll hear more about these companies later in the show. Today we have Jerry Hum with us on Skype. He's the co-founder and CEO of Touch of Modern, a, a curated online shopping destination for men to discover unexpected products, fashion brands, and accessories. Jerry, hello. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for, for doing this. Where are, are you in the Bay Area? Yeah, we're in uh, San Francisco in uh, Petrero Hill, right, uh, right in the design district. And so how would you describe um, – how do you describe Touch of Modern at a party to somebody who has no idea who you are or what the company is? What, how do you describe it? Well, I, I don't. I don't like to talk about Touch of Modern at parties, but um, <laughs> at, if, at, if at, they at really pushed party. you, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Touch of Modern, we're a curated uh, men's shopping app, and we're focused on the discovery of really cool and unique products, the things you can't find your, at your normal retailers, um, and we deliver it at the best price. So these can be anything from. You know, flamethrowers you can strap to your wrist. It could be a custom motorcycle, um, a vintage watch, really anything uh, that we think is unique and interesting. I feel like I've seen your stuff. I've walked into friends' apartments and I see like a knife next to a bestseller book. And I'm like, maybe – is this where they would have gotten that from? You know what? When I see stuff like that, that's what I like to think too, but I, I never ask. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. It's like, I'm like, is there a personal connection with you and that knife? Or did you throw that baseball in game five, you know, versus the Rangers? Oh, or is man. that something that was curated? So do you offer men, I mean, like, pe- in other words, people don't know to look for this stuff on Amazon, right? Yeah, I think that's, you know, in this day and age, the way you compete with Amazon is to sell the stuff that you know, they're not selling. It's the stuff people don't know that they need. They need you to push them in that direction. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like for us, you know, our customers come back every day because they want to see something new rather than, oh, you know, I'm going to someplace like Amazon because I need a toothbrush or, you know, whatever it is, right? So for us, it's like yeah. a daily feed of fresh content. Are you kind of pushing the modern man and saying, listen, don't go to Ikea this weekend. You've outgrown Ikea. 
Yeah, we like to think that we are, you know, a bit of a step up from, you know, when you first graduate college, you know, you, you may be just going for whatever the cheapest option is. I, you know, I recently got married and I, um, I could really use Touch of Modern to help me in the race against time here in, in curating the apartment because I keep losing battle after battle. You know what I mean? Yeah, so for us, when we source, right, um, we always ask our buyers also, like, why, like, to kind of make a case for the product, right? Like, um, it's almost like every product needs to be defensible in some way. So what was the gap that you think you were trying to fill with Touch of Modern that, uh, that wasn't there? Yeah, the, the gap that wasn't there was, um, especially at that time, you know, a lot of the e-commerce players out there were really focused on being like an, like an, um, like an online outlet for things we find at department stores. But if you wanted to find, you know, the best in each category and you had a, a really kind of special interest in something, um, it was actually really hard. You had to do a ton of research. Uh, you had to, you know, jump on the forums and find out, you know, where, where these people buying their stuff and, and, you know, what's a trustworthy source. And so for each one of these interests, you would have to go and do that. And there wasn't really one place that you can trust consistently to bring you, uh, you know, the, the best and, and, right. and most interesting. Well, let's talk a little bit. Let's rewind even further because you're four guys from New York, but you're split down the middle, two at Cornell, two at University yeah. of Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. How does it happen that you both decide to, hey, you know what, instead of going on and doing more school or instead of going on and going into finance, which I think was a path for one or two of you, how did, yeah. it, how did it come about that you say, hey, let's go to the Bay Area and do an incubator? We were all kind of like friends to some degree. Um, and uh, John and Dennis lived together uh, after they graduated working in finance. And, you know, they eventually got tired of the corporate world and they, you know, applied to the, the incubator after having kind of taught themselves how to code a little bit and then um, brought Stephen along, who's also a self-taught coder as well. So no one here is actually uh, trained in engineering and, and then applied to the incubator. They were actually built at last minute and they got accepted and so they moved out here, lived in uh, Dennis's mom's house for a while for the first year. And when they raised their first round of, of uh, actual seed funding is when I came out and uh, joined the rest of the guys in an apartment in the mission. So, you know, I used to – Jerry, I used to live in the Bay Area and I remember a friend said to me, he said, the new law school, like the, the idea of people going to law school and not really knowing what they want to do so they go to law school, the new law school was starting startups. It, I think that may have been true a little bit earlier. I'm not sure that's still the case. You know, a lot of these incubators are, are no longer around, um, and I think the stakes are a bit higher now than they used to be, which is a, which is a good thing. You guys have um, received a lot of uh, positive attention for you know raising money, but also being very careful with the money. Can you talk about that? And how, I mean, you 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 definitely poured your your sweat equity into the business. And you lived cheaply. I know. So talk a little bit about that and the process of raising the money. That may be a cultural thing. It might be a just a factor of that we didn't raise a ton of money. You know, we've only raised uh, seventeen million in equity to date to get to um, a little bit over a hundred million in annual revenue. And so, you know, the reason we thought to do that was eventually, you know, these companies have to make money, right? And if you raise a ton of money um, and the market changes, right? For example, you know, something happens and your business isn't doing as well or your business is doing just fine, but 
the market perception of your industry has changed and the valuation changes, right? All these things could very quickly back you into a corner if you raise too much money. And the reason that is is because when you raise money, your investors have a certain expectation of how much you can increase the value of that business within a certain period of time, right, in order for them to make a return on that investment. And so when you raise too much money, you can very easily be underwater on that if you start going, you know, backwards by, for any reason, right? And it may not even be that the business isn't doing well, it just could be that the perception of the business changes. Mm -hmm. So raising money responsibly and at reasonable valuations means you have more options um, later on in, in terms of being able to make that return for your investors. How, Jerry, how big is the how big is the staff now? Uh, staff now is about 130 or so. Mm-hmm. What's that process been like for you, both hiring and managing uh, as CEO that that big of an operation? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge uh, learning process. I think that's probably one of the things most fulfilling is every stage of the company. You know, I think there are certain kind of points you hit where you're like, okay, you got to level up a bit in terms of how you run the company, how you manage and, and the team that you have. So in the beginning, it was very much like, you know, do as much as you can by yourself, which I don't recommend. I think this was a mistake to, to do as much as you can by yourself and then hire when you need to. You know, I think that got us by because we didn't raise a lot of money, but we we're also always putting out fires and kind of behind the gun in terms of like, we were hiring and trying to run the business at the same time, and hiring is super time-consuming. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't necessarily recommend that, but that's how we did it. And then eventually, as you start growing the business, you have to uh, hire people that can manage and hire people that can hire other people. And so, um, you know, it, it just you, you start essentially hiring people to do the things that you're currently doing, and, and then you focus on on uh, you know, new things. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Traditional static offices are a thing of the past. Today, companies and employees want an active workspace. Veridesk helps people reimagine their office design. Being more active at work, like standing more, sitting less, can help improve your health by boosting energy and productivity. Veridesk active workspace solutions make it easy to encourage more movement in a day. The new ProDesk 60 electric standing desk is the cornerstone of the active office. It's designed with commercial-grade materials, stable at any height, and fully assembled in under five minutes. Plus, all Veritas products are made to last. They're also simple to set up and move or reconfigure as businesses change and grow. Check out Veritas products, including the new ProDesk 60 Electric, risk-free for 30 days with free shipping and free returns. Learn more at veridesk.com slash Forbes. That's V-A-R-I desk.com slash Forbes. Support for the Forbes Under 30 podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask, why? Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to the rate and term in real time? And why can't there be client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. 
Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. You know, we were speaking with the CEO of AVA, the the, uh, wearable fertility device, last week. And she said that there has been a problem in the Bay Area that, you know, there's a lot of men and startups. And the problem is that that, um, like hires, like hires, like because of the rush, because of the pressure, and people wind up hiring their friends. Have you been able to avoid that or have you been in a position where you have had to hire a lot of people like you or men or or, or friends of yours? In terms of breakdown, our you know uh, um, ethnic and gender breakdown of the company is actually very, very close to the ethnic and gender breakdown of all of San Francisco. We actually did that unintentionally. Um, so just to give you an idea, we're like 45%. Um, female and, and the management team is also about like forty percent uh, female as well. Well, can you tell me um, a little bit about what uh, what everyone's job is? How how many people you have in editorial or on on design or engineers? How does it break down? Yeah, the biggest team that we have on uh, in in our company is the sales and merchandising team. So then you have your coordinators uh, that are also a pretty large team, and uh, the people that do production, which is like photography and, and writing copy and all that. And then you have um, some of the smaller teams that are you know, kind of small by design are uh, marketing and engineering. And, and you would think you know, those teams should be really large, but um, we think that if you have great people, you, mm-hmm. can, you can get a lot out of them. Because uh, all the founders actually ha- are able to code, we actually didn't hire engineers for the longest time. Mm-hmm. We actually, in the first few years... You were coding. Yeah, I was coding. Steve was RTTO was coding. Um, Dennis coded for a little bit, and so we we all uh, you know have a good understanding of technology, and also having we also have a good understanding of you know what makes a good engineer uh, for for us, right? And so we can keep that team pretty lean, and I think yeah. uh, we really like it that way too. Can you talk a little bit about? The the benefit of having in this in today's retail and and uh, technology environment an exclusive brand a brand that you really have to be a member of to jo- to uh, to participate in. I mean, I don't think of our, I don't think of ourselves too much as being exclusive because I think exclusive means you're you're uh, well we're not exclusive toward customers we're exclusive toward the things that we want to sell for sure and maybe by design that also mm-hmm. or, or uh, or maybe as a byproduct that also does exclude some customers, but um, I mean, I mean it as in order to retain customers, like it's yeah. not easy. You have to sign up. Not pe- people can't yeah, just. Sure. It's it's a you, know, you may the value of that is much stickier, I, I guess. Like the, the the client that you um, that you bring on, but it's it's more of a process, right? You have to sign up and actually join. You can't just quickly check out. Yeah, yeah. So, so there. So, yeah. In very practical terms. Yes, that is true. And, and the reason we do that is because a lot of our vendors, right? You know, they have a really cool product, and they don't necessarily want to discount it for everybody, right? They don't want to just lower their price on on you know, wherever they're they're selling it. Mm-hmm. And so, making it a little bit exclusive and saying you have to sign up and you have to be a member to see the price um, helps us give, uh, you know, uh, give. The, our, our customers a better value, but also um, protect the brand for our our 
vendors as well, who is a different kind of customer, right? They're also our customers on the other end. And so um, that's why we do that. And I think it works pretty well because, you know, like I said, you, in order to compete with Amazon, you have to potentially sell what they're not selling, right? And to, to work with the vendors in a way that uh, they're not working with them. How are you still determining what the cool guy wants to have in, the, in his apartment? Who, who's behind that team? Yeah, so we have a merchandising team that does that. And they've been with us for a really long time, so they've seen kind of the evolution mm-hmm. of our uh, product mix. It's a little bit more art than science, but it's a bit of both, right? Because right. the science is you have feedback from the customer telling you, uh, you know, what they value and, and what they're willing to pay more for and what they're not willing to pay more for. And then the art part is, you know, you see something completely new and then you have to use the information you have to kind of just make a guess as to whether or not you think that's going to do well. And, and we try to be more right than we are wrong. I'm assuming that it's bachelors with disposable income, but but who is the target audience for this? Yeah, the target audience is actually um, – that's what we thought as well because that's what who, yeah. who we um, But actually the biggest group is in the 25 to 45 range, right? So it's actually pretty wide. And our the people that spend the most are actually uh, even uh, older than that, you know, presumably because they, they just have more money. And then um, most people on our app are actually in a relationship or married. I think it's mm. about seventy um, percent uh, or so are in a relationship or married. It's interesting. And do you do you advertise, and where have you found uh, it most effective, and what kind? Yeah. So for a number of years, we were only advertising on Facebook and Google. And then we started doing a bit more mobile, obviously, um, uh, you know, a couple of years in. Mm-hmm. Now we're about 70 or 70, 75% mobile. And then most recently, we actually started advertising on television. And that actually seems to work really, really well for us, probably because, uh, you know, we're actually able to demonstrate some of the, some of the products that we sell instead of just uh, trying to do it with an image. Right. So in, in traditional ads on television, traditional commercial spots. Yep, yep. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidate for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post the job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. One more time. ZipRecruiter.com slash Forbes. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. 
And you said, um, I know two-thirds of your business is on mobile, right? Yep. What is it about men and mobile? What is it about that trend? For some reason, you know, our customer not only browse on mobile, but they actually spend like proportionally net and probably actually even more on mobile. And I think uh, a lot of it has to do with where our customer is and and um, and and you know what they're doing when they when they buy stuff, right? So it could be that uh, you know they're watching TV and and they're sitting on their couch and during commercial break they're browsing on their phone or um, or they're out and about at some event and uh, and you know when they have some downtime that's when they're that's when they're shopping on the app. Right. And I'm I'm looking here on Instagram and I see 160,000 followers. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff on here. Speakers, tables, drams, glasses. Um, what's the conversion rate? What's, what's it like on Instagram? Are you seeing, are you selling a lot there? Um, you know, I don't have the exact number for, you know, how much is actually being sold directly through Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we use that more as a tool for engagement though. A tool for engagement. So like people posting their own, like tagging you? Or more so, uh, kind of for them to see some of the stuff that we're selling for us to show little clips of like how some, some of the products are used. Um, it's not so much like a direct uh, conversion mechanism for us. Right. I have to say I'm partial to this uh, mid-century light and arm uh, chair. Beige. This is really nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You're a I, chair guy, aren't you? Yeah, I'm really into Furniture. chairs. I have, uh, more chairs that I have space in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> is it more? How much of it is it about selling um, a story and a lifestyle message? Yeah, I think it's it's mostly that, uh, definitely. And so, how, how have you seen the demo changed in your audience over the course of the last few years? So, when we first started, we actually didn't explicitly think we're going to go after the male demographic. Mm-hmm. We actually just started sourcing the things that we thought were cool. And it just turns out that, you know, other guys thought it was cool and that men were more drawn to the aesthetic than women were. And I think over time we just became more and more male because of it. But we definitely didn't start out thinking, Oh, you know, we're going to be the destination for men. It just kind of organically happened that way. And is there ever, do you ever have any inventory issues with ordering? Um, no, because we are actually an inventory list model, meaning that, you know, um, customers come, they place the order and then we place the order in bulk, break it down and ship it out. Mm-hmm. Or what we're doing more and more of is consignment, um, which is that we have the product in our warehouse, but we pay for it as we sell through it. So we're actually able to offer, um, you know, pretty fast shipping on that, uh, while still remaining inventory list. Well, we, we talked a little bit about the move to mobile and, and men in mobile. What other indicators have you learned from doing this business and doing it well about the future of retail and how it's changing? Yeah, I think I think it really is all about being where the customer is, wherever they are, right? So, you know, um, in the beginning, you know, before e-commerce, people were shopping in stores and stuff, and then, then you were hitting them at home and at work on the computer, right? And then now... You know, most people aren't even on the computer unless they're at home or at work, um, and even less so, uh, or less and less so at home. And so it, it's it's becoming more mobile because that's just where people are most of the time, right? I mean, I, you know, aside from being at work or, or at home, I'm barely on my computer anymore. 
Jerry, working with the team, you guys have worked together for so long. What what is the most challenging part about uh, the collaboration and leadership that you guys have had to form? So I think we were as it was actually much more challenging in the beginning because um, you know we did have different perspectives and we you know argued a lot, but that was yeah. pretty early on. And and uh, you know for the first few years, there was nobody but us, so it wasn't really. You know that much of a problem, and then as we started hiring employees, it's a bit hard to, uh, you know, to lead if if we're not clear. And so for us, we realized that it's better to be certain and to be um, clear about where we're going rather than necessarily always having the right answer right away. Um, it's easy to change directions as long as we're conscious about it and we're deliberate about the direction that we're changing it. And so um, we realized that it's it's much more important to be aligned than it is to necessarily agree with everything that's going on. What were those arguments about in the early days? Do you remember? So in the early days, yeah. Some of them were about, um, uh, let's see. Well, I remember a lot of them were actually about what, what kind of products we should be selling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was about, um, uh, like, should we be expanding the demographic or really honing in on the one that we have? Um, some of them were, you know, just kind of more tactical things about, you know, how we how we operate a certain part of the business. And what about, you know, sharing? Did you guys have an even split between between all four? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we we always wanted to make sure that um, uh, equally incentivized. Yeah, yeah, and also because you know we're all friends and stuff, and and we work super closely with each other, we didn't want to. Have anything really off, you know, too off balance. Well, you talk about wanting to grow the company um, and being where you know the customer is, and and ha- being able to be flexible with that. Can you imagine any advertising or uh, be claiming any space in virtual reality? Virtual reality is not something that we've really thought of yet, just because I think it's uh, it's still a bit too early. So I don't really have uh, you know too many thoughts on that. But I think it's interesting. I mean, I've seen. Seen, seen it come pretty far. I'm just not sure what the role of, of uh, the retail is there yet. It seems right up your alley in terms of design space architecture for people to be able yeah. to visit that in a really you know tactile way. Yeah, I remember actually in uh, even in school we had a thing called the cave, which is a super expensive facility where it's like a room that you walk in and you put on these um, VR goggles that yeah. were huge at the time. They were they actually plugged into the, the ceiling, so it wasn't like a headset, like a it was actually like a cord that went in, and then we we actually built our projects in 3D, and then you can put yourself in in the building that you built uh, in this VR cave. Uh, but yeah, it's come it's come pretty far since then. It would be cool if you know if we could take retailers someday. Well, I uh, finally before I let you go, Jerry, when we when we look into the future, and we you know we talked about VR. Is there? Do you want to stay with with Touch of Modern for? Are you in it for the the long run? Are there are there other ideas that you have that you'd like to get off the ground? What, what do you want to be doing that you're not doing? There's always ideas. Um, they come and go, and and I think that in terms of for Touch of Modern, I'm I'm staying because I feel like I'm still learning a lot, and I think that as we grow as a company, you know, I myself am finding new challenges every day that I that I, I still really enjoy, you know, watching and, and learning through. So yeah, I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul. 
Okay, and I just we're gonna let me just ask you one last question. Actually, uh, in terms of competition out there, what else yeah. is out there that you have your eye on, and uh, is that making you raise your game, or what does the space look like? Yeah. So what's interesting about us is that I think our competitors are actually pretty fragmented across the board, right? So because there's not a whole lot of folks out there that are selling to our demographic in all these categories. For us, our competitors are whoever is the best in their category, right? So for like, you know, electronics, it might be uh, uh, Best Buy. For home, it will be somebody else. And, you know, it, it's, it depends on what category we're in uh, that, that I, I, I will look for, for a certain company as a competitor. Right. Jerry, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under30, that's the number 30, at podcastone.com. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our Spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.